The Crossroads A Place of Indecision A place where we all find ourselves at one point or another. But does God have a plan for us? And if so, how can we find it? Hi, I'm Thomas Mayhew, and you're listening to The Crossroads, a podcast by AIM. On today's episode, I have with me Caleb Tam, Ashley Angelis, and a very special guest by name of Emma Weaver. Her father, Andy Weaver, has uh, founded the West Salem Mission and came out of the Amish. It's an incredible story. You can check us out at westsalemmission.org, and I'm sure you'll be blessed by the story. So, Emma, we're very glad to have you. Um, Today's questions are dealing with mostly our relationship with God, and... um, We've got a few, and we, we figured since they were all kind of related, we would kind of answer all five of them um, kind of in separate, separate stages. So, um, ready for the first question? Mm-hmm. All right. So, first question is, what can I do to strengthen my prayer life? I think you have to realize your need of Christ. Hmm. If you don't recognize your need of Him and how much you need Him, then prayer is simply a routine. But if you come to prayer knowing that without that connection with Christ, you can't do anything, then prayer is an absolute necessity hmm. that cannot be ignored. That's a good point. You also need to have a relationship with Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Him, then just having a prayer Praying to him is just going to be dry and it's going to be pointless to you because it really doesn't feel like you're talking Mm -hmm. to anyone. Mm -hmm. You're talking to a stranger rather than Mm -hmm. someone you know. Mm -hmm. I think the question is really asking, you know, how can I improve my prayer life? Mm -hmm. It's good to know why to have a prayer life. Yeah, well, once we recognize our need of it, then Then we'll we'll spend more time wanting it. Sure. And as a result, we will go closer to Christ. In my own life, I find it helps to choose a particular location and a particular time that is set apart for prayer and prioritize that above everything else. And For example, not going on my phone before I have time with God. Hmm. Also, out in nature, if I just run up the mountain and spend time up there talking with God. And you can even talk to him when you're not specifically praying. For example, I like to jog, and thus, as I jog out in nature on my own in the middle of the woods, it's perfect time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things to do. Conversation yeah. with God. Yep, that's very good. I usually do it in the morning, just before I get up. Just get my Bible and read, and then pray. I usually take about five, ten minutes just praying. That's mm-hmm. good. I find that if I do it downstairs where there's the kids are, I just I can't focus on what I'm doing. I just I like to do it in my own room so it's quiet. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Distractions are an issue. Make it hard to concentrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even praying, like when you don't know what to pray, even just praying, God, what do you want me to pray for? Mm-hmm. Who do you want me to pray for? 
And it's a what conversation. Yeah, absolutely. In a conversation, you don't have to just talk. Mm-hmm. You can listen. That's true. Spending some time with your eyes closed, just meditating. Listening to God's voice. Also, I think making a list of praises and prayer requests you have is a great place to start. If you just feel like you're blank, right? Just start writing down even the fact, be, being thankful for the fact that you can walk, the fact that you can talk, you know, or there whatever are, else. There are so many things that we can be thankful for that we just pass Take over. Take Yeah, exactly. In fact, your life is astounding. Mm-hmm. And with prayer requests, you write them down and then review them every month and put down whether they were answered or not. And I think you'll be surprised. I know um, my family has in the past kept a prayer journal and we've gone back and seen how many prayers God actually answered. It was astounding. It was amazing. And maybe I should clarify that God answers every prayer. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes we don't always like the answer. <laughs> yeah. He sees the big picture. He knows the end from the beginning and what's best for us, which is often different than what we think is best for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Job. Look at the story of Job. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people have been encouraged by that story. And think about how Satan was proven wrong. You know, mm-hmm. Job had no clue of all that. But God's will was certainly done. God is a friend. It's not like you're going and trying to appease some mm-hmm. tyrant. Steps to Christ, page 93. Prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. Not that it is necessary in order to make known to God what we are, but in order to enable us to receive Him. Hmm. Prayer does not bring God down to us, but brings us up to Him. Mm, I like that. So it helps, sets us to a higher standard rather than God coming down to ours. I should probably mention that the first two questions are actually very, very similar. Um, the other question was, how do you have an earnest connection with God through prayer? Another way we could look at this question is, not only how do you like start to have a good prayer life, but how do you maintain it? Because I think it comes to that thing of spiritual highs and spiritual lows kind of thing. Like how do, how how does that how's that maintained? Where we you know we're we're not just starting out and it's all great and then it kind of goes downhill. One thing I find helpful is talking to God as a friend. Don't just think of him as this high mighty person that rules the whole universe. Think of him as your personal best friend. Hmm. If you're talking to one of your friends, you want to talk to them, you want to have a conversation, you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And God wants to hear from you, and you should just think of him as your friend and talk to him in that sense. Hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of spiritual highs and how prayer can be the answer to to resolving spiritual lows, Steps to Christ, page 97. Unceasing prayer is the unbroken union of the soul with God. Hmm. So that life from God flows into our life, and from our life, purity and holiness flow back to God. Wow, I love Hmm. that. That's awesome. This is from Steps to Christ, page 93. Jesus himself, while he dwelled among men, was often in prayer. Our Savior identified himself with our needs and weaknesses. In that, he became a supplement, a petitioner, seeking from his father fresh supplies of strength, that he might come forth braced for duty and trial. He is our example in all things. He is a brother in our infirmities, in all 
points tempted like as we are, but as the sinless one, his nature recoil from evil. He endured struggles and torture of soul, of soul in a world of sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. It continues on. His humanity made prayer a necessity and a privilege. He found comfort and joy in communion with his Father. And if the Savior of men, the Son of God, felt the need of prayer, how much more should feeble, sinful mortals feel the necessity of fervent, constant prayer? Wow. Amen. I think recognizing our need, like you were saying earlier, and recognizing the great sacrifice of Christ. If Christ felt the need of prayer, wow. and yeah. he came straight from heaven, how much more should we? Yeah. I think we will want to have a strong prayer life with God, a strong friendship with God, if we realize the sacrifice that he made for us, if we truly internalize that. Mm -hmm. There's this one quote in the book of prayer, page one, that says, God is willing and ready to hear and to respond to our heartfelt prayers under all circumstances mm. is profoundly reassuring. He is a loving father who is interested both when things are going well and when the problems of life deal us devastating, tough, and terrible blows. When we feel like crying out, God, where are you? It is good to know that he is just one prayer away. Mm. 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 Praise the Lord. We can go to him whenever we need him. Mm -hmm. He accepts us at any time. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. I think our next question looks like it says, what E.G. White books are helpful when starting your Christian walk if maybe you've never read much Spirit of Prophecy? Well, probably the one I've just been reading from, <laughs> Steps to Christ, is mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal. By far my, my favorite book. It's, my, it's one of my favorite books. It's amazing. Yeah. Another good book is Desire of Ages. Yeah. I've read it through several times, and it's just every time I read it, I find something new, something that hits me again, and it's just... It's amazing to just read about the whole story of the universe and Jesus coming down to earth to save us. Mm -hmm. Emma, wasn't it um, Desire of Ages that really drew your dad in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome book. Do you... It was chapter one, Desire of Ages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one of his favorite quotes from there was Desire of Ages 25. It says something like, Christ was treated as we deserve so that we might be treated as he deserved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Those were some great suggestions. All right. Our next question is, what's your favorite way to study the Bible and why? I like reading it and then in the end, thinking what I learned, try to apply it to my life. Mm -hmm. I f I, and then pray. I, I find that it's, it's worth to try even try without the help of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think praying before we even begin to read the Bible, saying, God, show me what you want me to learn. You know, mm -hmm. Help me to see exactly what I need this morning as I read the Bible. If you surrender all that you are and all that you have to him and ask him to speak to you, he will. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Whether or not you like what he says, that's a different story. <laughs> but God will speak to us if we ask him. Amen. How about as far as more practical ways, like like whether you just read the Bible through or study a certain topic, word word studies, what do you think? Personally, I like to choose a book that really speaks to me and just go through it really slowly mm -hmm. and draw out all I can from it. At the same time, memorize it and, and it's amazing 
when you really dig deep, there is so much more than lies beneath the surface. It's true. I'm currently in First Peter, and it's just phenomenal. Mm. I'm doing the same thing with the Book of Job. It's fascinating how deep you can go. I really enjoy going through different chapters of the Bible and underlining different verses in different colors that mean different things. Like, for example, red means God's love, or blue means heaven or something. And then if I'm ever wanting to look up a verse, I can just look for that color for the topic mm. I'm looking for. Oh, that's cool. And then it's right there. Well, that's awesome. So if you're feeling like, I guess, you're feeling like maybe God has kind of forsaken you, you just go look mm-hmm. for those red yes. ones. Yes. Yeah, that's great. I like that. I usually take a book at a time, just read one chapter a day. And... The scripture mem- memorization is... Amazing. It's so good. When you can actually commit God's word to memory. You internalize it. Yeah, you internalize it more and then you can just recall it anytime and it's Exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. I just started getting serious about memorizing the Bible and in just a couple of weeks I've done like a whole chapter pretty much. Mm-hmm. If you calculate it, if you memorize one or two verses a day, in a year you can memorize a few books. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's... Times that by 40 years, and you can have most of the Bible memorized. Wow. Wow. I never thought of that. That's really cool. Also, as an overall format for devotions, I like to open with a prayer, and not just, not just praying, but find a, an acronym that works. For example, there's one just for pray, which is praise, repent, ask, yield. Because hmm. that way, you end with committing yourself to Christ before you open his word. Mm, and thus, you are allowing him to speak to you mm. and speak through you. Wow. I'd never never heard of that one. That's great. And then there's Acts prayer, adoration, yep. confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another good one. And after that, what do you do? After that, I like to memorize a little bit for a few minutes. And then dig in and study read some Ellen White and figure out how I can apply that to my life for the day and Mm -hmm. draw some small point out of it that I can just leave in my head for the day Mm. and just cling to and then pray again. Well, that's very good. And that's not to say that everybody's Mm -hmm. devotional uh, order of yeah, totally. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be the same. Everything works differently for different yeah, people. And, yeah. That's not to say I always perfectly follow that. Yeah. I think devotions is something that we all struggle with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Making it a priority and really and really internalizing what we read. Mm. And I'm definitely no exception from that. But I find when I follow this model and really put God first in the day, the day just goes so much better because then yes. you're doing His will rather than your will. Mm-hmm. Amen. My method of doing devotions is kind of similar to Caleb's. I should start including the memorizing, though. I'm not doing that yet. <laughs> but um, I usually start with prayer, basically asking God to really show me exactly what I need to hear from, from His Word that day. And then I open the Word, and um, I just try to read slowly and really not just like skim over it where you're not really getting what it means, right? 
but actually read it and understand each verse before continuing. And then if I see something cool, I, I just go ahead and diverge. You know, I, I'll, I'll go look at another verse. I'll start reading Ellen White something. And I think we shouldn't feel like we have to stick to like one plan. You know, uh, I'm currently reading through the Bible, um, but just taking it really slowly. And so like if I find a cross reference that I find interesting, I'll go study there for a bit. You know, I'll pull up Ellen White commentary. Um, and then after all of that, I, I also like to keep a, a journal where I write down the things that really popped out to me, especially the practical, practical stuff that's, that I can apply to my life that day. And then I spend time in prayer. I find for me, and I'm sure for everyone else as well, that if I don't do my devotions in the morning and if I just, or even if I just neglect them and do them half-heartedly, my day doesn't go as well. If I don't start it out right with studying the Bible and mm-hmm. talking to God in the mornings, mm-hmm. my day just doesn't go as well. I just, yeah. <laughs> I have problems yeah. happening here and exactly. there. Exactly. It becomes a self-centered day uh-huh. instead of a day yeah. focused on... Instead of a Christ-centered day. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's continue on to the last question. And it says, I am faithful in my devotions, but forget them by the middle of the day. Any suggestions for keeping the fire kindled in the morning alive? Well, Daniel prayed three times a day, morning, noon, and night, unceasingly. And I think it wasn't just pausing for like a minute and praying. I think I think he actually spent maybe fifteen minutes at least. Yeah, well, he each opened time. his windows. Mm. The fact that he opened his windows and knelt down on the porch or whatever balcony equivalent that they had. Anyways, that shows how serious he was about it. Mm-hmm. This was not simply a ritual for him. This was sure. a time of communion with God. Exactly. And if Daniel needed it three times a day. What about us? Mm, and yeah. I don't think, I think Daniel prayed constantly, not just Absolutely. every day, but, but this, this was time that was specifically set apart for connection mm. with God. That's one thing I've done is on my watch, I just set a timer for every hour, for example. And when that beeps, I just think, what am I doing now? What do you want me to do, God? And just get on my knees for like even just 30 seconds and just mm-hmm. make sure that my will is aligned with his before I continue. I think that's a very good biblical example going to Daniel and and seeing his example. I mean, he was clearly very committed to to the Lord and God really revealed a lot of things to him. You know, Daniel 2, Daniel 9, Daniel 8, uh, you know. And if Daniel didn't have that connection with Christ and he didn't talk to him like that, I don't think God would have told him that because we have to be listening. We have to be talking with God in order for him to speak to us. Mm, mm-hmm, it's true. I've dealt with this a lot, and one thing that I found helpful for me is reading my devotions in the morning and then writing on little slips of paper here and there, different things that stood out to me and that blessed me during the day. And I would put them in random spots in my school books or in a drawer somewhere, somewhere that I'd come across during the day, and then it just remind me of what I had read that morning and to just keep it throughout the day. Hmm. Another cool idea is, uh, I do this quite often, I like to listen to sermons whenever possible. So when I'm doing the dishes, I set up my speaker, I start listening to a sermon. Uh, not always, sometimes I listen to music, but sometimes I like to listen to sermons. And also just working if it's like a mundane task that's kind of like uh, doing a repetitive motion or even working outside, just listening to a sermon. And it's actually amazing how, how much that can help you refocus during the day. What I usually try to do is try to keep my mind of being a good example on people and that usually... I usually, that usually keeps me and just pray throughout the day when trials come, not just in the morning. 
Mm. That usually keeps me focused on doing the right thing. I like what you said about focusing on being a positive example. Mm-hmm. Thinking about what, what Jesus would do in different situations. And that puts your mind back on him rather than on whatever else. Also, if your focus is how you can be of service and how Christ can use you rather than what can I do so that right. I can have fun or whatever. Like, what can I do? <laughs> yeah. For one thing, <laughs> without Christ, we can't really do much. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything. <laughs> That's true. It's a beautiful quote in Steps to Christ, page 70. Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. Let your prayer be, take me, O Lord, as holy thine. I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me and let all my work be wrought in thee. This is a daily matter. Each morning consecrate yourself to God for that day. Surrender all your plans to him to be carried out or given up as his providence shall indicate. Thus, day by day, you may be giving your life into the hands of God, and thus your life will be molded more and more after the life of Christ. There's this one quote in Steps to Christ, page 43, that says, The warfare against self is the greatest battle that was ever fought. The yielding of self, surrendering all to the will of God, requires a struggle. But the soul must submit to God before it can be renewed in holiness. Wow. I think, in summary, this whole topic of devotions and our connection with Christ comes down to putting Him first. When we put Christ first, when we lay all on the altar and submit all our will and all of ourselves to Him, we are placing our lives in His hands. Thus, we can be used by Him, and every day we will grow closer and closer to Him and more and more into His image. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on The Crossroads.